0: how we love you today Father we thank you for your awesome presence that we sense as you're with us in this place today we count it such an honor Almighty God that you would grace us with such an awesome visitation Father we believe you've come to heal to save to deliver to bring whatever we have need of today encouragement, uplifting, just if it's a reminder to some that you are the lifter up of their heads. No matter where we look anymore, really, outside of you, we're so disappointed. We're disappointed in our government, disappointed in people and friends, disappointed sometimes even in people we go to church with. Disappointed, Lord, was the way our nation, our world is going but we're not disappointed with you. You have done so much for us, Lord. And we believe you have so many more wonderful things you want to do. We thank you, Lord. Visit with us today, would you, Father? Speak to us your great word, we ask. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, isn't it awesome to be in this presence? Praise the Lord praise the lord what a great privilege it is genesis 24:51 if it feels this good now as as held back as we are by our mortality and just all the human things that we deal with i cannot imagine what it'll be whenever we see in that day for that reason alone i need to be changed you need to be changed. Brother Amos, God bless you, buddy. Good to see you. I didn't hardly recognize you in a masked man there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's read together Genesis 24, 51. Behold, Rebecca is before thee. Take her and go. Let her be thy master's son's wife, as the Lord hath spoken. And it came to pass that when Abraham's servant heard their words, he worshipped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. And the servant brought forth jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment and gave them to Rebekah. He gave also to her brother and to her mother precious things. And I notice it was Rebecca that received wonderful, wonderful things, which was going to be the matan, the personalized gifts from the husband to her. But her family is going to receive the mohar, which is the bride price. We know that the prophet, when he dealt with this, he dealt with it several times, but one time in particular that I'm thinking about this morning, and he said that the mother was a type of the church or the churches. And her brother was the type of preachers. So it was her mother and her brother that tried to keep her from going. You look back at your life and you realize it was churches and preachers that tried to keep you from going back. Every now and then a mama or a grandpa or something like that too. But they received benefits And may I say to you, as much as the church in the world despises this message and the messenger, they have benefited greatly by his coming to the earth. As a matter of fact, there would have been no revival in the 50s and 60s if God had not sent Elijah. And he spearheaded that revival. Is that right? That's right. But not only do we receive gifts... We receive the giver, Amen. which was not by the random, Amen. but the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're going to pray again. And first of all, I want to share a little testimony with you. We're certainly thankful for those of you that have remembered my daughter, Alicia, and she's regained her voice back, and uh, she's not able to sing quite yet, but she's talking every day, every night, and she don't have to whisper now. She don't have to have a little board to write everything down, and we are so Grateful. We just so thank God. Thank Praise the Lord. Amen. Also, Erica, we had to take her to the emergency room yesterday. She's having really, really bad pains in her, in her back and some in her side. But they did uh, blood labs and a CT scan and looked and compared to the last one that they'd done. They said there's no change there. Thought it might have been a kidney stone, but she was having tremendous pain in her kidneys, but they didn't spot any kidney stone. Her and Carol was there for several hours and the doctor sent her home basically saying that it was her liver, Um, but I figure she's probably had more liver pain and kidney pain than he has. So she said it didn't feel like her liver to her, but it felt like her kidneys. But she's feeling some better today, but we want to just continue to remember her if you would. Uh, You know how Satan is, and God does many wonderful things. He likes to kind of stick up his head. And it's bad when you're an expert marksman. Whenever the devil sticks up his head, you want to take it off. So we take our slingshot of faith today. And I wonder how many of you, before we pray again, have needs in your home, your body, your family, on your workplace, whatever it is. Let's take these before the Lord now, if you would. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again. We, we know we could sing too much. We could shout too much. But we know we can never pray too much. But Father, we come before you now. Lord, we want to thank you so much for touching Liz, Father. Lord, she went with weeks and weeks of not being able to talk. On into months that she was affected by this thing. But we're so grateful, Heavenly Father, that you've moved forward. And we're believing for a complete recovery. She'll be able to walk up on this platform again and sing to the glory of God. Father, you see the situation that Erica had yesterday, and Lord, we're grateful that she's doing some better today. We're just believing you for a complete deliverance of whatever this is. Lord, we know no matter how much great scientific equipment and this and that and the other that man has, sometimes they don't know what's wrong with us. They don't know what's going on, but Lord Jesus, we know you do. We thank you for everything that they've done to be able to help us. But Father God, we bring ultimately our needs, our homes, our lives, our church, our bodies into your presence. You saw the hands of your children that was uplifted here today, hundreds of them, Lord, signifying a need, a request, a desire. I pray that you'd meet them, Father, according to your will, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints of God said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. What a great thing we've been looking at. The bride price, the kiddushin, the mohar, the mutan. All the things that are necessary to bring about the consummation of an arrangement between a Jewish boy and a Jewish girl. Part of them we can see as they are symbolized also by... Christ and his bride. And we looked at him last Sunday as being the great one that was of such value, the one that was so holy, so supreme, so far above all the rest of the things that God had created. We know that he preexisted, but he did not preexist in the Jesus form listen carefully. Jesus was the human expression of Almighty God, but he did exist before. He said he came down from heaven and he, the son of man come from heaven to the earth, but he was not in the Jesus form. Jesus was the man, the boy, the human existence, but he did exist in order for Him to become the price, the penalty of the ransom to be paid. He must be brought through an exchange. And as I mentioned it to you last Sunday, those of you that have traveled internationally, some of you, and you know that all the countries that you go to around the world, they don't always accept the U.S. dollar. Some of them, the little shops and eating places and so on, may not accept a credit card. So they will want you to exchange your money. You can do it out of Chicago, O'Hara. You can do it out of JFK. You can do it out of Atlanta. I've done it out of different places around the world. You can actually wait till you arrive in that country itself and go there to the exchange booth, which is most of the time, it will be near the baggage claim. So when you get your bags and then you will go over into this area and you will be able to exchange money. Uh, because of things you might want to purchase. God had all this sum of great wealth. He had love. He had mercy. He had eternal life. He had assurance. He had acceptance. He had pardon. He had ransom power. He had all of these great things. But they were all in the form of heavenly currency. And the debt that was owed was owed in the mount of earthly currency. So how is the eternal ever going to be able to make this transfer? Now, the last time that I was in France and went to France and Switzerland and several countries there together, and I was able to use uh, my credit card, whether it was American Express or Diners Club, and then whenever that bill would come due, maybe a week or two or three later, it would show up on the bill and it would show me exactly how much that it cost for the say the Swiss francs or the German marks or whatever it was that I had purchased and it would show me the current exchange rate of how much that was. Now even though whenever I would swipe the card, you know, I didn't really know how much it was. I didn't really know about the exchange rate. All I knew was I saw that chocolate there in Switzerland and I wanted it. So I slid my visa and I brought it home with me. And I do not regret the purchase. But whatever it was that I was wanting, I knew that the exchange rate would be according to the daily rate. Now, it may fluctuate. As I mentioned to you, last week, the South African ran, week before last, reached the height that it had ever been. Zimbabwe dollars or whatever that it was. So God had all of this great wealth. And he had the means to be able to pay human debts. Humans did not have the ability to pay their debt. They had incurred this debt because one man sold every one of us out. One man, by representation, sold us all into this place of debt. And believe it or not, it is worse than the American national debt now, which is horrific. But it was a debt that could not be paid by us printing more American dollars. It was a debt that could never be settled with all the Swiss francs, with all the Kenya shillings, with all the Zimbabwe dollars, with all the Chinese, no matter how much, who we would name, there's no way it could ever be met. But God had the means to pay it. But the exchange rate would limit him from paying an earthly debt with heavenly currency. So it could not be accepted. So God prophesied about an exchange boost that would be foreshadowed in the types and the shadows of the Old Testament. We see it whenever a person would have leprosy and they would come before the priest, and the priest would begin to inspect them. Now, they would have what they called a red heifer. That red heifer was taken on the outside of the gates. It was taken by a righteous man, a holy man, and he would actually burn, kill that heifer, and burn her body. They would mix with her body cedar wood, and they would also mix with her body hyssop, now, hyssop was a very common weed that they would take and use, and it represented common faith. It grew in the walls. It was a bush, something that was sort of like an evergreen type of thing. So whenever the heifer's body would be, was being burned, they would take the cedar wood, which spoke of the cross. They would take the hyssop, which spoke of faith, and then they would take this and put it upon her body. And as these were all being burned together, the prophet said that it was the cross and faith and the sacrificial body of the Lord Jesus. He also said through those three symbols, it was Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Now, whenever this was being burned, the holy man would stand there until it was totally consumed. Then he would take the ashes, gather them together in a jar or a basin. He would take it back into the court of the tabernacle. There they would call upon the need or the request of these ashes. They would take these ashes and sprinkle them upon what was called holy water. They would then merge together the ashes, which had changed the body of the heifer, the body of the cedar wood, and the body as it was of the hyssop. By carbon, it would change it all and blend it together, which you could tell neither one of them apart. After the merging of the fire, the hyssop lost its separate identity. The heifer lost her separate identity and also the cedar wood lost its separate identity and they all merged together in what was called the waters of separation. So the priest would take these ashes and he would sprinkle these ashes in this portion of water. They would fall down into the water and then they would shake it around and if you had leprosy or if you had some sort of sin, they would bring you before the priest and the priest would take his hand and dip it down on this water and he would sprinkle you with this holy water. Now it was called the waters of separation. When a man or a woman had come through the purification of leprosy, leprosy being a type of sin, then whenever they had been deemed clean by the priest, notice what it was, it was not their mother, their father, a brother, a sister, they had to go to the priest and the priest inspected this individual. Now, we know with leprosy that it was basically a shortage in vitamin C and other vitamins that they did not have in the land. It would start eating on their nose, on their fingers, on their toes. It would keep on eating, 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 and their fingers would fall off. They would have open sores in their body, terrible, terrible shape. So you can imagine how odd the Lord Jesus must have seemed whenever the lepers would come to him and he would embrace them. It must have absolutely overwhelmed the disciples and everybody else because they thought that leprosy was actually parted, that it was contagious and that it was passed about as some type of other thing. Actually, the prophet thought the same thing in his earlier years. But he found out that it wasn't. It was in the diet. But the Lord Jesus embraced lepers. Now, he did this as a symbol showing that he himself would not only be the waters of separation, Separation. But he would be the priest which would look at those which were formerly plagued with the leprosy and declare them clean. Amen. Praise God. So the high priest then would look at this individual and declare that they were clean. But remember, there must be an exchange by which God would be able to take the heavenly currency and come to the earth. He could not trust uh, some angel to bring this. He could not trust some heavenly seraphim or some heavenly zoon, but he must come himself. But God cannot die. The eternal cannot become a man in the form that he was. So there must be an exchange booth. So he prophesied through the lips of Isaiah that behold, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. Now, God, of course, made a way. He already knew this was going to happen and he prophesied it. So, God allowed his pre existing form to come into this human exchange booth on the earth. And in this human exchange booth called a woman, a virgin, the Holy Spirit would overshadow her and create the Logos in a human tangible form. Amen. What's this in question and answers on Genesis? We see a little white light forming out there and what is that? That was called by Bible readers Logos or the anointed or the anointing. Or as I was going to say, The part of God that began to develop into something so human beings could have some type of an idea of what it was. Aren't you glad he did? It began to develop into something so human beings would have some type of idea of what it was. It was a little light moving. That was the word of God. God gave himself birth to this son. Now notice here's father God, which is not an old man, but invisible spirit, invisible and spirit invisible gives birth to what? A visible lick of fire. Right? Now what is the Bible tells us? God is light. God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. And God is love. And God is mercy. So see, this is all the heavenly currency that he was, but light can't bleed. Have you ever cut light? Have you ever saw light bleed? Can you buy something with light? Go through the drive through at the church and when you get up there tell them you wanna pay for it with light. Be patient, they'll have a white coat for you. Right. Try to pay for your lunch after service with, with love or with mercy. Well, uh, your, your bill will be $17.35. Well, I'd I like to pay with it with love. Well, everybody needs more love, of course, but love is not spendable. You see, light is not spendable. Blood is not spendable by itself. So it must come through what? An exchange to make it spendable. Now, even in this form here, the Logos is not spendable. So he could not come to the earth like this and say, I want to pay Donnie's debt. I want to pay all of my children's debt. I want to redeem them. There's no bank on the earth that could take Logos currency and redeem or set me free, amen. Amen. Now, watch how the prophet goes into this. Now, God gave himself birth to this son, which was before. There was even an Adam or heir to make an Adam. See, Jesus said, glorify me, Father, was the glory that we had before the foundation of the world. So if we would be able to venture back and we would stand on the banister of time and we would look over and what we would see by the spiritual eye, we would see this invisible great being pulsations of love and mercy and pardon and acceptance and forgiveness coming from his great being and then we hear him as he wants to further declare himself and God gave birth to a son which was the first visibility that the eternal took on himself and what was that son a little pillar of fire Might have been this long or that long or who knows how big it was. It could appear over a man's head or, you know, above the father's door, just wherever he wanted to appear. He he could do that because that was what? The son of God. So here God is not an old man and, and the Logos is a young man. There was no man. But we're talking about the realm of God. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, for God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preaching to the Gentiles, and receive up in the glory. Now unto him that is immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be power and dominion forever and ever. God is invisible, not a man. So, God gives birth out of that invisible being to something which was visible, and it was birthed to a light. Why? Big light gives birth to little light. Well, just think when your soul is born again, that Paul said, you are not in the light, but ye are light. Amen. Amen. Ye are light in the Lord, he said. Notice again, question answers on Genesis. Now in St. John 1, he said, in the beginning was the word, when the first and the word was God, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. God unfolding himself down to a human being. Now watch, as he keeps coming in this condescension, it's God coming down to what he ultimately wanted to be, and that is a human being. Now you see, Isaac didn't have to deal with this. Eliezer never had to deal with this this Abraham never had to deal with this whenever he sent Eliezer over to get a bride for Isaac and he sent him on this long journey he already had currency which was accepted he had a man which would be accepted but the eternal did not yet have a means by which would be acceptable to pay our debts What's this, God unfolding himself down to a human being. Now watch how he did it. Now back to then when this little halo comes, now we can't see nothing yet but just the eyes of just supernatural. We see a halo standing there. Now that's the son of God, the Logos. Now I can see him playing around like a little child before the father's door with all eternity seeing now then, in his imaginary makeup, he began to think of what things would be. And I can hear him say, let there be my son, or light. Amen. Let there be light. And when he did, an atom bursted, and the sun came into existence. Notice this, she whirled for hundreds of millions of years, forming clinkers and burning and forming like it is today, still burning, still breaking atoms. Now, when God does this, what's he doing? He started the exchange rate. You see, he's so divine, he's so wonderful, it took him a long time to finally get himself down would be spendable. Most of us, are around most of us and we're such blabbermouths of what we are and who we are. You can pretty well know us in 15 or 20 minutes. God's been unfolding himself for millions and maybe even billions of years and we still know very little about it. So why don't you shut up about you and listen to him? I think that'd do us all good, don't you? Notice this, in the mighty conqueror, when he was in heaven, now notice when he was in heaven, he was the Logos that went out of God in the beginning. So get this out of your mind that God is an old man and Jesus was a young man. And God said, oh, I'm Satora. I've got all them children down there on the earth. Will anybody up here go down there? Will anybody up here go? Will anybody do it? And up comes this poor little old boy. And this little old boy got, daddy, I don't want to do it. Daddy, I don't want to go, daddy, please don't make me go, daddy, please. It was not like that at all. That's heathenism. The prophet said, Satan told you there was three gods to make an idol worshiper out of you. There wasn't two men in heaven. As a matter of fact, there wasn't any. God is not a man. And neither was the Logos. Notice, oh my. He came down on the earth and he was not made an angel. He come down on earth and took the form of a bondsman. A bondsman, not an angel. Not come down, listen to this, oh, this is wonderful to me. Not come down in the great Jehovah glory. The great Jehovah glory. But he came down as a man To redeem man, to die for man, to die for as a man, he never died as God, he died as a man. Listen to this one, I love this one too. The sin of man was, was upon the son of man, sin of man, son of man, sin of man. Son of man. Only one letter difference in those three words. Sin of man, son of man. And what was that letter? I. -I S-I-N or S-O-N. So as long as it's you and about you, that's what you've got. You've still got your sin. But if you can get I out of the way and let him come in, the Alpha and the Omega then he will take your sin upon himself and pay your penalty. Notice he says he had to become a man in order to pay the penalty. So there had to be an exchange booth. Watch this Isaiah 42.1. Behold my servant whom I uphold, Mine elect in whom my soul delighteth, I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Now, what's this spendable form by which the Logos come into? I love this, and God's gifts will find their places. The prophet said in Matthew 12:15 to 21, we find out he was Jehovah's Servant. Behold my servant in whom I am well pleased. And he was. I put my strength upon him so his life was anointed with frankincense to Jehovah's service. Now here these men, these magis, brought in the, the sacrifices or the offerings as it was in symbolic form speaking of the journey of the Lord Jesus. Frankincense, myrrh, and gold. So to us, looking back at it, understanding the symbols, maybe they didn't even know what they were doing themselves. But he was anointed with frankincense. And frankincense, of course, was a very costly fragrance that was used that had come from the east. still very expensive to this day if you get the original form. And God was sending this forth to testify of the birth of the word that whenever he come to him and the gift represented the life of Jehovah's servant. Now, you see, people read this and hear it, and they say, well, if Jesus was Jehovah's servant, that makes him a different being than Jehovah. Well, you've got a soul, and you've got a spirit, and you've got a body. Is your spirit a different being than your soul? Is your body a different being than your soul? No, all three of them takes to make you. So they laid these gifts before him, prophetically speaking, that it was deity in service for death. Deity, gold, in service, frankincense, death, myrrh. Deity in service for death. And you see, this is where it becomes a little bit sticky. You got the Jesus only's, which I used to be. The Jesus only's that believe that Jesus' body was God. But actually, the body of Jesus was not God. It was a man. Now Jesus only to this day will believe that the body, and they say, bless God, my God died on the cross. God cannot die. The eternal cannot die, but God could do it in another representation of himself. But it must come through an exchange booth that would change the U.S. dollars, as would say, to South African rand or Zimbabwe dollars or Kenya shillings or whatever more. Now, as the eternal, he could not die. He could not feel pain. He could look at it in the Old Testament. For those of you that's lost a mom and dad, and you know that loss and that pain, and someone would come up and try to comfort you and say, I know how you feel. Oh, you lost your mom and dad? No, both of mine are living. I don't care what they say. They don't know how you feel. Now you know how we are. We think we're so smart if we think it, we can do it. Well, God couldn't. Now don't tell me you're smarter than him. You imagine as great as he was, he could not think himself into feeling your pain. He could not think himself into dying for you. He could not think himself into the spot that, oh, I understand why David did what he did. I understand Moses. He could not think himself into that and we cannot do the same, friends. Oh my. Notice this, what a gift them wise men gave. It was something, the gift they gave was something to identify Jesus as Jehovah's servant. Paragraph 72. Now myrrh, myrrh was the anointing of the death. We find in St. John, the 19th chapter, 39th verse, going to the funeral service of Jesus. When Mary and them went, they'd taken this myrrh to anoint him because he must be the servant of death for Jehovah. See, somebody had to die. That was a sacrifice that had to be done for God and nobody was worthy to do it but God himself. But God himself came down. Unless, of course, he could step into the booth and change himself into Kenya shillings and step out on the other side. My God, my God, why has Thou forsaken me? Oh, glory to God. Then in the resurrection, he could step back into the booth again. Back out on the other side was what? Glorified human body. Which is what he wanted to accomplish in the very beginning from whenever time first started. Whenever the first Adam ever broke by the spoken word, God's ultimate desire was to have human beings living on the earth in glorified bodies. Can't you see why he could not let that be fulfilled in Adam? If he would have put Adam in a glorified body, no one would have ever fell. No one would have ever sinned and we would have gathered around his throne and he could say, oh children, I I, I could have been a healer, I could have been a deliverer, I I could have been this and that and the other, but of course none of you all were lost, or or none of you all were wretched, but whenever the great gathering together takes place in the last days, it will not be him telling us, it will be us answering back to him, oh Papa God, I was lost and you found me, amen, I, I was sick and you healed me, I was blind and you opened my eyes, Lord God. Hallelujah. Notice this. So bringing the myrrh, showing that deity was the service. He was anointed with myrrh, that this deity had to be put to death in order to save the imperfect one. Oh, what a great thing. Notice Isaiah goes on to say, he shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall not, oh my, a bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth, thank God. And he shall not fail nor be discouraged till he has set judgment in the earth, and the owl shall await for his law. Now, watch God's great, I, I know this is, You'll never find this in Scientology. You'll never find this in arithmetic and all that sort of thing. Watch this in life. Out of the existence of the Father went the Logos, which was the Son, which was the Theophany. So out of the Father goes the Son, which was the Logos, which further became the Theophany which was the body of the great Jehovah God went forth in a celestial body. That's the Logos, the word spoke out of them great fountains of life and went forth and there was the theophany which was God made in to word. Thank you Lord Jesus. God made into work. Now remember Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 1, for we if this earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have one already waiting. Already waiting, right there waiting for us. You believe that? So when our saints leave these bodies here, they go directly into that theophany body, which was part of that existence that stepped out of God before the foundation of the world. Whenever he not just made one man, but all man. God is not waiting to see how many theophanies he's gonna need, he done knows not how many he's gonna need. And there won't be one extra theophany, and don't worry, you won't show up without one. Everybody that needs one has got one. Amen. And there was a theophany which was God made in to word again question answers now he said then that logos became flesh and dwelt among us where this logos dwelt in a human body which was the sacrifice but now keep this in mind the flesh of the Lord Jesus was not logos no more than the flesh was theophany but it was inside of him When man was made in the image of God, then God came down in the image of man to redeem man. That brought man and God together. Heavens and earth hugged and kissed each other. God and man embraced each other as fatherhood and sonship when the Logos became flesh and dwelt among us. Now this Logos, that was where? In him. him which was the Spirit of God, the anointing through the sanctifying grace of the blood brought many sons to God, which is anointed with this same Logos. Amen. You see, had his flesh been the Logos, had his flesh been all of that, then he would have been the only one that could have had it. But the Logos was in his humanity and the anointing left him in the Garden of Eden and the humanity could die, the script, the money, the purchase price could die on the cross and the Logos raised him back up which was his existence before he become a human. Amen. Oh, glory to God, this is why he said, destroy this body and I will raise it up. Who was doing the talking? The Son of God. Oh, glory to God, who was doing the talking that I will raise it up. Don't you look at me Google out this morning, but I'm telling you, if you've got the Holy Ghost living inside of you, you will raise your own body if you go by the way of the grave. How could you say that, Brother Donnie? Because we are anointed with that same Logos. I hope you understand, church, That's the Logos that lived in the Lord Jesus is right here in this building today, but not only in this building, but these buildings right here. Those of you that have the true baptism of the Holy Ghost, you have your portion of the Logos. It will never die, amen. It can never be defeated, it is him. This Logos that was in him, which was the Spirit of God, the anointing, through the sanctifying grace of the blood, brought many sons to God, which is anointed. Can you imagine, Brother Amos, we're anointed with the same Logos that was on the Lord Jesus. But you can't spin Logos. So here I was, you, all of humanity, lost God had all these riches, but there was no way to exchange it. Watch this in Philippians 2.6. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. The word form is amorphous the form by which a person or thing strikes the vision. Now this is taken from the stage act, the Greeks. So one person would play one part, then go in behind the curtain, change their clothes, come back out and play another part. Go back in behind the curtain, come back out, play another part. Then they might go back to their original state of say fatherhood. And then they'd play the fatherhood part. And then they'd go back in and they'd come out and play the sonship part. And then they'd go back in and come back out and call it the dispensation of the Holy Ghost. You follow me? Now, what is it doing? It's the, the exchange booths in order to meet the dispensational needs of the people at that time. So he could appear as a pillar of fire. He could appear to Moses in the burning bush. And what was he doing? It was not spendable. So Moses could not be redeemed by the appearing of the fire in the burning bush. Moses' nature was not changed. Is that right? Moses still had temper. He still had anger. He still had all different kinds of things going on in his life. And actually was not allowed to go into the promised land. Because the Logos that come down and set the bush on fire never changed Moses' nature because it appeared as a spendable form in the sense to bring the dispensation of the law. Whatever he appeared to the prophets, and the prophets was the body part of this masterpiece, but it was the judgment of God to the prophets. But the, the very heart of God must be revealed. The law could reveal his his statutes and thou shalt and thou shalt not. And the prophets would say, God's gonna get you. Thou saith the Lord. God's gonna destroy you. God's gonna do this and that and the other. That was the judgment. But God wanted his heart to be revealed. And the heart must pass through the exchange booths in order to be revealed or it could pass right before us and man would never even know what it was. So he being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, which is Keno, which is where we get the word kenosis from. And look at what it means, to make void, to empty, deprive of force, cause a thing to be seen to be empty. I wish we all learned this in our own life. Listen to this. He made himself of no reputation, and took on him the form of a slave, doulas, a slave, bondman, metaphorically, one who gives himself up to another's will, devoted to another, to the disregard of one's own interests help us Lord Jesus so what is he doing he's already now he's not even yet spent on the cross but he's going to this exchange booth in his own body of humanity can't you see he could not go as a baby he could not the blood itself was no more holy 33 years later than it was the very day he was born it was the blood of God created blood but he's going to offer himself as a man who has experienced temptation. He's experienced trial. You see, not only will the blood be pure, but the very character of the sacrifice will become intertwined and so impregnated into the entirety of it that not just the chemistry of the blood will redeem the fallen, but it will be another nature which will come inside of them because his future work will be that of high priest. Look for it, as terrible as it was, and as long as the pain and the shame and so on on the cross, that was not his longest work. His longest work has been the risen, resurrected high priest for 2,000 years. He has been in the presence of the eternal God, still working on behalf of his bride. That on the cross was what? Six hours, nine hours, something like that. And that was the end of it. But for 2,000 years, he has been saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And the Holy Spirit moving on the earth under the direction of the high priest, guiding men of God, anointing servants of God to study and to put things together in order to preach the gospel. This is what Eliezer was doing. When Eliezer began to explain to Laban and Rebekah and the mother and he went to the background and said, Abraham is a rich man and God done this and God done that. Don't you see what he was doing? He was preaching the gospel to Rebecca. hallelujah. He was letting her know this is what you're getting if you say amen to it. Do you want it? And she said, I will go. Amen, that's what the gospel does. made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made light and made in the likeness of Kenya shillings. Zimbabwe dollars South African Rand. So the transfer, the exchange started in the womb of a virgin. It was consummated in the very heart of the humanity of God. Feeling pain, feeling suffering. feeling. Look, brothers, sisters, when we are tempted, when we feel like giving up, he felt that feeling. Father, if it be thy will, let this cup fast from me. He knew there's no way this prayer could be answered. Thank God it was not answered. He knew ultimately what he would do, but he allowed himself to feel lower than you and I have ever felt in our lives. No doubt many of you have been so low, you thought you could not make it another day, another hour, another moment. You become so discouraged with life and the things of life. I've been there, I know, and you know what I'm talking about, but he went farther down than any of us could ever go. Why? So when you got down, he could run to you and put his arms around you and say, I'm here with you, child. Thank you. Notice as Paul catches this in verse 8 being found in fashion. Let me say it this way being found in spendable currency form, in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, tapineo brought himself down lower notice lower kenosis humbled himself and became obedient not just to father God but unto death even the death of the cross Hebrews 2 9 but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man notice Paul captures this which is this this is very stumbling I don't know if you know this or not but this is very stumbling to theologians has been for decades still is to this day they don't understand the, the transubstitution of God here in his word what's this wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men that all have sinned. Now we were born lost, we were born lost. But you see, you will not go to hell because you were born lost, but because you choose to stay lost. Now you see, you, oh, Brother Donnie, I, I had no choice in that. That's right, you had no choice in being born lost, but you do have a choice whether you stay lost or not. Right. You see, and and theologians, it stumbles them. They just cannot understand how God would allow one man to pass all of this sentence down to all humanity. Well, we were born that way, but then God to be just allows every one of us the opportunity to go another direction. But I'm so glad that he did it this way because if God allowed one man to bring it all on, God got another man to take it all off. Amen. (laughs) Amen one man now notice the value of one man being the head of the race so adam was given as we said this way the book of life every name that would ever come upon the earth. And when he forfeited that then what happened? The book went back into the hands of the title deed owner which was the eternal. It was held there until John looked and said no one was found worthy. And I wept because no one was found worthy. Then one of the elders said unto me, John weep not for the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. What did he see? He said I saw one coming out of the throne of God. Who was it? God in the form of sonship. Not an old man sending his little boy. It wasn't an old man. It was the eternal. The eternal came in the form of a man. Praise God. You see, Adam was the common parent of all mankind and also all human nature. So he was the covenant head and he was the representative of all human, whether we're black, white, red, yellow, whatever race you are, it doesn't make a difference anyway. We was all born underneath that. Notice in verse 15, Paul says, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ has abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift for the judgment was by one to condemnation but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Much more, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Then my brother, sister, it's not the church, it ain't no preacher, it ain't no prophet. There wasn't but one that could become the transfer and go into the exchange booth and become a spendable medium by which God could purchase us back. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto the justification of life. Of course, we know that Paul's saying all men that will receive it. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, hallelujah, so by the obedience of one shall many be made Righteous. Amen. Amen. It's not what you do, it ain't what I do. It's what he's already done. Now we see Jesus. Now we see Jesus. So here's walking the bank of God on the earth. So when the bank of God comes up to those that are sick, he healed them if they had faith in the teller's work. Do you believe I'm able to do this? I do, then be made well. Remember the leper coming to him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. He said, I will. That's That's all you need? You got it. He cashed his check and got healed. Amen. Why? The bank of God. Now sure God had healings and so on in the Old Testament, but the bank had never been expressed in the spendable form before. So a woman could come up with this issue of blood and spend all that she had, and she could make her way to Jesus and said if I could just touch the hem of that dollar bill's garment if I can, oh glory to God, if I can just be able to get up there to the currency of God, he won't have to lay hands on me, I won't have to get in the prayer line, if I can touch but the border of his garment, I will be made well, and she come right up and snuck up to him and pulled virtue right out of the $1 bill, if you want to call it that, and he said, Who touched me? Who touched me? Why, spendable, oh hallelujah, spendable currency went out of the bank of God, amen. Oh, children, whatever you have need of today, he's right here today. All you gotta do is let your face go out. What's this in 1 Corinthians six nineteen. What, know ye not? that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own. But I wonder how many of us Christians here today believe that. Well, I and me and me and I and I and I I I, I I I. You're not your own. Come on now. Do you believe the word? Ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I well, no, Brother Donnie, I give the Lord, you know, two or three times a week whenever we're able to have church and the rest of the time I belong to me. No, you don't. You belong to God on Monday, just like you do on Sunday when you're sitting here for two hours in church. And if you believe that, you'll act the same way you do when you're in church. Now, if you don't, you'll act different. You'll act one way here and act another way outside them doors, but if you know this, you know you are not your own. For ye are bought, Paul said, with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. So it was bought was what? A spendable form by which God was able to make the transfer. Mm. And as a slave is bound to the intent, desire, goal, and purpose of his owner, so are we. Oh boy, some of y'all got quiet on with eh? that. You see, our everything about us should be, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, my business, my, my this, my that, my the other. Those of you that are handsome men, those of you that are pretty sisters and pretty ladies, you ought to say, God, what do you want me to do with this? Well, what do you want me to do with this? I know what the devil wants me to do with it. The devil wants me to be a bait trap for men. And maybe you handsome men that say, well, you know the devil wants me to be a bait trap or I can be a ladies man. But is that what God wants you to be? God don't have any of them. God don't have bait traps of girls to sell their bodies out to the devil. God don't have handsome men that feels like he was God's gift to the world, that's the devil. So it should be with everything within our power, our honor, our glory, everything that we are to promote our master's kingdom. Amen. 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 Notice this again in 1 Corinthians 7.22. For he that is called in the Lord being a servant is the Lord's freeman. See, this is the paradox that people just don't understand. We are servants slash freemen. Look what a freeman is. A slave that has been released from servitude. <laughs> a slave that has been released. But you notice he still calls you a slave. But how in the world can you be a slave freeman? Well, because you're released from the slave of sin to be a servant to the Lord Jesus. Now, you see, the people of the world, church anarchy, though, I'm free from everything. I can do whatever I want to do. I just live in a way. No, you're not even free yet. That's right. You're bound under a religious demon. Amen. Notice this in verse 23. Ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. First Peter 1.18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. Now, watch how Peter uses money. The money on the earth by which could never redeem a soul. But he likens our redemption price to silver and gold in the natural sense. And the word redeem comes from Lutro, which means to release on receipt of ransom. So when Mary comes up to the Lord Jesus, and she's fixing to do what she always did, and that was grab him around the feet, which was a sign of a servant. That would come to the master. So she comes up and she's fixing to grab him. when he says, Rabboni, master. And she starts right toward his feet. He said, don't touch me. Don't touch me. I've not yet ascended. To my father. And your father. My God. And your God. You see, the receipt would have been touched by a human. So the receipt had to be laid on the throne of God free from human touching. Once the receipt was laid there and the ransom price was paid, then the receipt could come back down to the earth. And then he told Thomas, come and feel me and handle me. And they thought he was a spirit of spook. So Jesus said, y'all got anything to eat? Now this was something they could relate to as a human being. So here stands the Lord Jesus in a glorified body and Jesus ate a piece of broiled fish and honeycomb. Sounds like an odd, you know, odd mixing together to me, but maybe in glorified bodies we eat different stuff. Can you imagine a glorified body standing there and putting a piece of broiled fish in your mouth and chewing it and picking up a piece of honeycomb and then they looked at him and knew he wasn't a ghost. Oh, he was a ghost, all right. The Holy Ghost in a human form. You see, this this is now the glorification of the humanity of the Son of God merging together with that original Logos Son of God, which is what one day you and I will be. He not only wants to take us to a theophany, but to raise up our human body and glorify this human body with himself. Oh my, thank you, Jesus. For you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times to pay your debt. Revelation 5 9, and they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, which is race and tongue and people and nation. You see, we were given, oh Lord, our Mohar was the most expensive bride price. That has ever been paid. Our Mohar was not gold, silver, clothes, buildings. It was the Logos becoming a human and giving that human life that you and I could say here today free. You see, the law required this. Romans 8 3 For what the law could not do, and it was weak to the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. Condemned sin in the flesh. Don't you see why? He could not do it in spirit. He could not condemn sin in Logos form. Sin started as far as humanity in flesh. So God had to condemn it where? In flesh. So He took that sin right to Himself. Oh my. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but act of the spirit. Notice Joshua 15, 16. And Caleb said, he that smiteth Kirjath suffer and taketh it. To him will I give Asak, my daughter to wife. And Ulsaniel, the son of Kenaz, the brother of Caleb, took it. And he gave him Asak, his daughter to wife. Jesus captured death hell and the grave and the father gave him his daughter the father gave him i'm gonna close with this and i hope it don't confuse you we are not only his bride wife we are his full-blooded sister This is why he's not ashamed to call them brethren. You see, Solomon, whenever he he saw the beautiful Shulamite or Shulasmith, as it's called. And Shulamite is the feminist form of Solomon. So she took on his name. And the most intimate, the way the Easterners looked at it, the most intimate marriage that was ever on the earth was that when a man and his wife were so one that they were not only husband and wife, but it was as if though they came from the same family? Oh, that thou wert my mother, thou wert of my mother, and had taken of my mother's breast, she says in chapter 8. Then I would kiss you because it was not considered appropriate. For even a man to kiss his wife in public. But siblings could kiss in public. So the bride so wanted to relate her love. That she said I wish she was my brother. Right. Oh, my. Well we don't have to say that. Amen. That's right. Amen. Oh my. He is not only our father. He is our brother. I'm going to go ahead and say what the prophet said. He is our mother. He is our everything. You see, this is why some folks never give him their all. Mama stands between them and God. Well, I believe everything that Brother Bam said except for what Daddy said that he was wrong. Then you're married to your Daddy instead of the revealed word of the hour. Don't you love him? Let's stand. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We know that the father gives to the bride a dowry. That dowry is to help her in her new life. Actually, she will receive a portion of this dowry while she's still under the contract. Before her and her husband go under the hoopah, Before they finalize this, which is called the nishuin, the nishuin, the nuptials, nuptials. So the father himself decides when the son will return for the bride. The bride, it's total unexpected. She does not know exactly when it will be. Of course, a messenger goes forth to let him know that. Then the bride, all of a sudden... The party comes to her house and arrives at her house. The bride has already taken the mikvah, which is the bath, separation, and sanctification. A messenger goes before the bridegroom and says, Behold, the bridegroom's coming. Behold, the bridegroom's coming. And all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. What are they waiting for? Waiting for the announcement of the wedding. Oh, Glory. Then what happens is what the Jews call the abduction of the bride. The abduction of the bride. I was going to wait till next time, but I can't do it. I've got to share it with you. 1 Thessalonians 4.16. Listen at the Young's translation of this. Because the Lord himself, in a shout, in the voice of a chief messenger... And in the trump of God shall come down from heaven, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Glory to God! Because the Lord Himself, in a shout, in the voice of a chief messenger, and in the trump of God shall come down from heaven, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. What's this other translation from a Jewish translation? The Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a command, with a voice of an archangel and with the shofar of God. And the dead in Messiah will rise first. Glory. Glory be to God. The dead in Messiah will rise first, then we, the living, I hope with all my heart, that's us. The living, those who are left behind Will be taken away together, with them into the clouds to meet with the Lord in the air, and thus we will always be with the Lord.
1: Praise be to God.
0: Question Answer Sixty Four. He said, "But He comes like a thief in the night, like that book I read on Juliet." And Romeo. Romeo and Juliet. He comes and takes away his bride at night. She's called away in a moment. In a twinkling of an eye. You know what they would do then? They would come and get them and they'd go under the hoopah. Then they would crown both bride and bridegroom. Both the bride and the bridegroom receive a crown. Do you understand? Our Lord Jesus has not yet been crowned. Remember when the church age messenger saw him, Satan, and he come into the room and said, Martin, I'm the Lord Jesus. Fall down and worship me. And he kept looking at him, looking at him. And he looked and he saw a crown on his head. He said, don't you know me, Martin? I'm your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, Satan You're a liar. You've got a crown on your head. He's not crowned until the saints crown him. Lord God. Don't you understand, the high priest cannot wear the king crown. The Lord Jesus has not been crowned yet as king. He's waiting for you. He will be crowned when we are. Think of it, friends. So the bride and the groom would both receive the crown under the hoopah. Oh, praise God. Think of it. All your battles, all your tests, all your trials, they'll seem as nothing when you get to the end of the way. you imagine when you woke up there and he'll place that crown of life. Paul referred to it in several different terms. James calls it one thing. Paul said that not only has he laid up a crown for me, but for all of them that love his appearing. That's the Greek word from what we get our English word, epiphany, epiphaneos. So it's, it's an external appearance of a supernatural being. All of those that love his appearing. So you'll receive the crown. And it will be us that will turn right back around and say, Lord Jesus, you're the king. John saw him in the book of Revelation and he said he had many crowns on his head. Praise God. Then what happens? Of course, we go and move off into our new hunt place and we live happily
1: ever after. Amen.
0: Look, friends, Cinderella, all them stories, no. This is the most perfect, beautiful, sublime love story that's ever been written. And truly, this bride and groom will live forever. You'll never get up one morning feeling bad. You'll never cry. You'll never have a heartache or trouble. This is not an old man's dream. This is God's Word and His promise. Don't you want to be ready for it? Let's bow our heads if you would. Lord Jesus. How awesome you are, Lord. So I'm seeing it, I think, more clear. Once the debt was paid, you no longer needed to be in that spendable form. So at the resurrection, when you, the Logos, entered inside that tomb, there laid your body. Still had wounds, nail prints, the spear in your side where they'd rammed it there. Your body still looked like it was 50 But when you, the Logos, stepped inside that room and stepped inside that body, you not only give your 50-year-old-looking body life, but you changed yourself. In so much that when the apostles saw you, some of them didn't even know you. And Mark 16 tells us that you appeared unto some of them in another form which is the same Greek word in in another form. As they were walking down the two to Emmaus, they were sad and brokenhearted. They thought you were the one, and they were right. You stepped out of the bushes. They must have not known you when you were a young man. They saw you when you'd entered into the several years of your ministry and you'd aged. They started talking to you and said, are you a stranger? These things that's happened, you said, what things? Praise God. You wanted to hear what they've had to say. Lord, you want to know what we got to say? We say you're the resurrection. You're the life. You're the healer. You're not no second person of the Godhead. You're the mighty God. The everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. He which is shall come. Glory to God. The first and the last. The Alpha. The Omega. That's what we say on our road to Emmaus. Praise God. And you preached to them a six hour sermon. On prophecy. And as the sun was starting to set. And they was going to go into the inn and stop. And you made like you'd go on. But they said, please don't go. The hour's late. Come in and we'll have some bread together. We've enjoyed this this service with you today, this six-hour sermon on prophecy. For you begin with Moses and begin to show them the scriptures pertaining to yourself. And they still didn't know you. But you went in the little restaurant and sat down and ordered maybe some bread and something to drink. And you took the bread. (laughs) And you broke it. You give thanks. Blessed art thou, Lord God of the universe, which bringeth forth bread from the earth. And when they raised their head and opened their eyes, you break the bread. And they saw It was you. Lord Jesus, we believe you've been here today. We've recognized it was you by the way you broke the bread. Oh, God. Hasn't our hearts burned within us as we've sat here and talked with you along the way? Oh, Lord God. We worship you, Jesus thank you for coming to this earth for laying aside your glory, your splendor to come into a spendable form that you could pay my debt thank you Lord God we bless your name today Lord Jesus we exalt you mighty God we worship you and we say there is none like you. Oh, Jesus, we love you with all of our hearts, our souls, our might, our strength. Lord, I don't know how many more years or months or whatever that I have, but may I give them all to you for your honor, for your glory. I don't want it to be 50 50, you get half and the devil gets half. I don't want it to be 70 30, 90 10. I want it to be you get it all, Lord. And if I could live to be a thousand years old and give you every moment, how could I ever repay you? But you're not looking for repayment. You're looking for a life devoted to you of service. We worship you, Lord God. I bless your name, Lord Jesus. Can we just worship him, saints? Think of it. He come and went through the exchange booth. I've done it many times in foreign countries and when you get there they may speak broken English and you have a hard time understanding and you show them a hundred dollar bill or you know whatever it is as I used to use American Express traveler's checks and that they hadn't seen them before and it's so hard for them to understand and relate he, he, he couldn't relate his spirit form so he come down and talked our language the prophet said that the high educated didn't understand it because he talk the common street talk the Yiddish so the common people heard him gladly if you'd have heard Jesus he'd been like a common person he wouldn't have been some great educated guy used great old big long words that you never understood him it had been just like a common guy that you'd hear at Walmart praise God that was part of the exchange you see he could have used his divine vocabulary none of us would have understood him But he not only traded his body, he traded all that was that purity and divine and changed his vocabulary, his language. Praise God to talk like a man. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. He would say, Lord, would you take my body, my soul, my spirit? Here I am, Lord. I ain't got much. But what I have is yours, Jesus. You bought me. I'm yours. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The day before yesterday, they crucified my Lord. Unmercifully nailed him to a tree. The sky grew dark and the The Son of God. Everybody now. Why didn't we recognize the Son? Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. I want you to, in a moment, sing that chorus for us. So glad you've given to the Lord. And I believe when we receive eternal life, His attributes will live in us. This is how the Scripture says, Jesus said this Baal. Well, all men know that you are my disciples when you have love one for another. That love many times goes to those of our brothers and sisters that hurts our feelings and offends us. Maybe does things that we don't understand why they did it. Why would they even do that? What was they thinking about? And sometimes we have to love those that really are least deserving of it. But that truly expresses the love of God. I've seen this church give and give in so many ways, financially and other ways as well. And I've seen you reach out to so many and help so many. At the day of judgment, whenever we stand before the Lord, you're going to be so surprised and so amazed at what you have done around the world. And I know you don't know anything about it. And don't ask me to tell you because I ain't going to but your hands have reached and bought bicycles for little missionaries that was walking. You've helped reach some of the Africans that a few years ago I saw them there as I was in Tanzania handing out the little e-books that we had years ago. And I saw men that had been converted to this word and their former house was holes in the ground and they wore no clothes. And they had the big long ear things, you know, all of that. And I saw those men now preaching the message and lives changed and converted. And they said, Brother Donnie, this brother here was the one that come over and told us about Jesus. They were heathens, never even heard the name Jesus before. And that brother said, in your church, bought this motorbike or bought this bicycle. You know, the Lord keeps a record of all of that. We don't do anything that we do so that we can get reward back. We do it because we love Him. Is that right? Last Sunday, we lifted an offering here in the church. And whenever we decided to build, and I've been putting back quite a bit of money for several years to help us in case we ever needed to do any building. And whenever we decided to go ahead and do a, a fellowship hall and a new sanctuary, I knew we would have to wind up borrowing some money. So I decided not to cover everything in the budget. So I thought, well, we'll leave part of it out. We'll, we'll take care of it ourselves as we go along and we'll buy this and buy that. So the appliances and seats and the PA system and several things that are not covered in the, in the budget. So We'll be doing that, Lord willing, in the future. But I put before you and mentioned it to you a couple of weeks ago that we wanted to lift an offering. And uh, when it was all said and done, the offering that you gave and the offering that people sent that stream our services and people that just love us, it wound up being a total of one hundred and fifty four thousand dollars. Do we serve a mighty God? You see, if we commit our way to him and we don't beg, and I don't believe we have to beg for money. I believe we can go before God's people and he knows and Years and years and years, you've sowed it. And I've only been your representative in that sense, to be able to sow here and sow there and sow there. And now it's like he's given back part of what we've sowed through the years. It makes me love him so much and it makes me love you so much. I thank you for giving to the Lord. Now you know not one penny of that, penny of that went to me or to anyone else, but it went straight to the building fund. And for that, we thank him. I've said it to you before, and I say it again. I hope we never get to have our first service there. I hope we never get to have our first potluck dinner where we all gather together and eat and fellowship. I hope we never get to have our first special meeting. I hope Jesus comes before we ever get it all done. Right. But if he doesn't, we'll move over there. Oh, Brother Donnie, I'm scared to believe the Spirit of God here. Why would we? Amen. If I have the Spirit of God, if I go there, guess what? He's going in me, Amen. he's going in you, he's going in all the rest of us. But oh, we'll occupy it till he comes. And if he comes, we'll let the Pope have it. He can pay the payments. We don't care. But from the bottom of my heart, I want to just thank you so much for that. I, I, the gym contacted me and let me know how much it was. And I, I just, I was just overwhelmed and people still sending out by mail and, and, and different ones, different ones, widows and different ones that gave $5 and. $2 and $3 and you think yours don't count, you better believe it counts. Everybody can't give $10,000 or 5000 or whatever the, the big accounts might have been given. I don't know, Brother Jim takes care of all that anyway. I don't wanna know nothing about it. But remember when the, Jesus and them was taking an offering one day and there's a poor little widow come through. She only had two mites. He said, if I'd have been standing there, Brother Bam talked about it, he said, if I'd have been standing there, I'd said, no, 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 sister. We don't, we don't want your money. He said, but Jesus took it because he knew he had a blessing waiting for her. But she gave out of her need and the rich people gave out of their abundance. So whatever the Lord put on your heart to give, may God bless you. If it was $5, if it was 10, I know different poor people in our church have given me money to give toward the bill and fund. It's everything that I could do. Even take it. Because I know they could use it yourself But you see, this is why he came. To make himself spendable. So, what does eternal life do in us? Spins. Spins out. God bless you. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your great love that's been given to our hearts been shed abroad by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us thank you for your children Lord I thank you for the local folks here Father I thank you for our friends that out on the internet Lord and different ones that stream many of them have never set a foot inside this church and yet they consider this their home church and they want to be a part of what we're doing even though no doubt some of them will never get to come and have one service with us Lord, we consider them part of our family too. Whenever some of these people travel about and they meet different people that stream and say, I know you, you sit here and you sit there. I know Brother Louie, I know this one, I know that one. Lord, we're longing for the day when we'll all be able to gather up at your house
2: yes.
0: and we'll never separate again. As we go from here today, Father, Pray the presence of God would be with us. Bless your children, Lord. Keep us strong. Keep us faithful. Keep us true. As we worship you and love you every day of our life, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Sing this for us, Harry, would you? God bless you, saints. I love you in the Lord. Now we'll be taking maybe offerings along once a month or something like that. And don't don't think I'm expecting you to give $154,000 every time that we do it just the Lord knows what our need will be and he will take care of it don't you believe that how many can say amen Amen. to the Word of God brother Joel come
2: thank you for giving to the Lord I am alive that was changed said that prayer, I asked Jesus.
1: for the folks that give here in these services week after week. Musicians, our pastor, just God bless them. So we'll just go, let's sing Meeting in the Air as we leave this morning. Brother Donnie said we'll either meet here or we'll have that meeting in the air. Either, Either one will be to be a meeting in the air, that sweet, sweet by and by.